Hey guys, this is Phil. Thanks for listening to the Vision Church Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. Hey, this message that you're getting ready to listen to, this was a message that God downloaded it to me at four in the morning on Sunday morning. And even though I'd worked all week on another message uh, and just preparing my heart and getting things ready. And I love it when God does that. It's not always exciting right at four, but you just know that he's going to do something really big when he does that and when that happens. And so I have great expectation for what God's about to do in your heart. So listen up and let him minister to you. How many, how many of you are hungry? You need to hear from heaven this morning. Is that you? Okay. So the, for the few of you, for the four of you, <laughs> that's the case. Let's pray and the rest of us will catch it in Jesus' name. Father, right now we just invite you into this place. Lord, not like you haven't been welcome already, but Lord, we, we invite you in a new way right now to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. amen. So originally, I put together a message on tithes and offerings and talking about the, what the kingdom of God has to do with tithes and offerings. And then the Spirit of God woke me up at 4 a.m. and told me, yeah, no, that's not what you're going to preach. And I said, okay, and gave me a whole other word that was totally unexpected. So Dan, you preached my message, man. So it was awesome, and it was very good. It really was. But with that in mind, would you turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6? I want to talk to you about overcoming anger. Overcoming anger. And this was the word that God just really dropped in my heart and dropped it real strong, and I thought, wow, overcoming anger. So I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony with you. And I won't ask for a show of hands of who's dealt with anger because I feel pretty much like it's probably all of us have dealt with it in some way at some moment. And so the Bible has a lot to say about anger. But I want to read to you out of Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 1 of Galatians 6. If you're there, say amen. 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 Galatians 6, verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So you see here that we have a responsibility when we see other things, to not turn our nose, to not look the other way, but to help people. You know, when I, do, when I get to do weddings, I always look at the witnesses and say, okay, you guys are responsible for this couple. You are. You're here, and you're witnessing this. This is a covenant moment. All right. So be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's good advice. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are not that important. <laughs> Uh, some of you were waiting. You just, I just gave you a great opportunity right there. You are not that important. Man, we need to say that to ourselves. You are not that important, Phil. All right, verse four. Pay careful attention to your own work 
for then you will get satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself with anyone else. You know, this goes in line with what we talked about last week. We, if you didn't get a chance to hear last week's message, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to it. We talked about the significance of serving. And this goes right along with it, that when you're paying attention, Joseph paid attention to his own work, and so he didn't have time to compare himself with other people. He didn't have time to compare himself with other situations because he was busy. Verse five, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. That's a powerful word. Verse six, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them, which we did here in this last November where we had four different speakers come in, and so we were able to be a part of blessing them. And then in verse seven, oh, by the way, our sweatshirts, you might have seen our sweatshirts out there, vision hoodies now are available. They're 40 bucks, but here's the thing. Any profit that we get from those hoodies, all of it's going to Pastor Joseph in India. Which, by the way, I want to take a moment here to just to pray for him real quick because he, he, he's been texting me all week long uh, on WhatsApp. And so he sent me word yesterday that the owner of the building that they were in, this was the building that was set on fire by Hindu extremists. Um, they had their church down in the basement, and that was what they set on fire. So how many of you know flames rise, everything burns up. And uh, so the owner was very concerned, so they had a meeting, and he, in a nice way, basically asked them to move, uh, to find another place. He doesn't, he's a little scared over, you know, opportunities, and he's getting threats. So this is a different dynamic than what we deal with here. You know, we think we're being persecuted when the landlord just doesn't want us in there. But this is a whole community. I mean, this is far-reaching. And so, so I, I gave him a couple of scriptures and told him that we would pray for him. So we're going to make good on that word right now. I prayed for him right then, but let's pray right now. Father, we lift up Pastor Joseph to you. We pray for divine wisdom, direction, open doors. Lord, I thank you that your favor is on him and it goes before him. Lord, that it paves a way, that it provides a place for their church to meet. And I thank you, Lord for people who are strong in faith, who have a backbone and don't bow and cower in the face of persecution. But they stand up for their religious freedom, for the freedom that they have in you. And I thank you for Pastor Joseph, Lord. We pray in, for him for strong faith in Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen. 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 I'm almost to the scripture I want to get to here. This is all good stuff right here. Verse seven, don't be misled. Another translation says, don't be deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Look at your neighbor, say, you will always harvest what you plant. Yeah, we're getting our neighbors involved in this Sunday morning. No, verse eight, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So I wanted to read that scripture and I wanted to talk a little bit for a moment about this anger issue. Um, when I was growing up, I kind of had a, a, a pressure cooker process. <laughs> the way I would process stuff was like a pressure cooker. 
You know what a pressure cooker does. I mean, it just builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up, and eventually the pop, the top pops, and, and, and it's released. And, and I grew up that way, and I honestly, I didn't know how to stop it where it just seems like it would build up, it would build up, it would build up, and then eventually I would explode. And I know when you're looking at me now, because those of you that know me now, I'm not the same person at all as I was many years ago. Um, you know, but, I, you know, and, and it would, it, the pressure would build and build and build, and eventually I'd take it out on somebody. In essence, throw up on them, if you will if I could say it that way. I mean, it was not a nice way to live, but this was something that I dealt with and that was how I managed my emotions. So it wasn't a very good way to manage emotions because it's a vicious cycle. Because what happens once the top is blown, you feel better, but they don't. They feel worse. You know, you feel better because the pressure's released. So there is some kind of relief, if you will, in it, but it's very temporary. Why? Because that top comes back down, and if it's not dealt with, the pressure begins to build again. Can I be transparent with you this morning? Is that okay? Okay. All right. And that was basically what was happening in my life was I was in this cycle of letting pressure build up, letting it get to me, let this frustrate me, let this anger build, and then at the wrong moment, at the wrong time, explode on the wrong person. And anger leads you down a path of destruction. In fact, it says in Psalm 37, verse eight, I wanna read this scripture to you. Stop being angry. Well, that's pretty simple. Pretty practical, isn't it? Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. So I began to because it was so frustrating to me. It was so disheartening and I, and I would feel so bad. I mean, when the smoke cleared and it was over, you know, and, and the people were sitting there with the arrows st literally sticking out of their chest, like, <laughs> you know, because once an arrow flies out of your mouth, you can't take it back, can you? It's not like I can run out and grab it before it hits something. And that was basically what was going on. And it, oh, it just... I would hurt, it just, I was going, God, I do not want to be this way. I don't wanna be an angry person, a person that gets mad all the time or, or is easily angered. And man, I began, so I began to ask God, I began to seek God. And so the other night, uh, Hannah was over and, and found out that she had never seen the movie Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. How many of you have seen that? film. It's a classic, old, old musical. And uh, it's a, it, a lot of great music in it. Some of you need to probably watch it this afternoon. But anyway, but it, the storyline is these seven brothers are backwoodsmen and they live way out away from town and, and in town. And there's, so there's no women out where they live and they go in town and there's, one, there's 10 guys for every woman in town because there's just not very many women there. And so they want to find wives and so the oldest brother goes into town first at the beginning of the movie and he finds a wife and he brings her back home and only 
for her dismay, she realizes that they're not the only two in the house, that he has six burly brothers that are uncontrollable, that fight constantly. They're constantly, you know, just any little drop of a hat. I mean, they're throwing punches and they're destroying everything. And so at first, she's really upset. You can tell. She's not happy with the situation. But then she rolls up her sleeves and decides, oh, I'm going to tame these boys. So with, you know, with, with a wooden spoon and flipping over tables and hiding their clothes from them, she, she basically breaks these guys and teaches them how to be gentlemen and how to act nice and not get in fights all the time and how to sit down to the table and pray before you eat. And uh, so she would crack their knuckles, you know, with the wooden spoon or at first she flipped the whole table over on them. Had, had all this nice meal out, but because of the way they were acting, she just ruined the whole meal. So this, this morning, this might feel a little like I'm flipping the table on you or I'm, or I'm hitting your knuckles with a wooden spoon, okay? <laughs> but I guarantee you, I won't come after your clothes, okay? So just so you know, I'm not gonna do that. But anyway, so it bothered me and I wanted to change. And I began to ask God, how do I break this cycle in my life? How do I break this? And so I want to read to you a scripture in Proverbs 14. Verse 29 says this. It says, people with understanding control their anger, but a hot temper shows great foolishness. Um, in these situations, when you have a person like I was that, that was easily angered, and it wasn't me, there were other people um, in my family that were, um, but that doesn't give me a right to be that way, right? And so sometimes people that are in this situation, they, if they take medication or they drink alcohol, it just magnifies it, really, all the more. It doesn't eliminate it, it just makes it worse, right? I mean, we hear all the stories and, and no, no testimony of people that, you know, would, would drink and all it did was it magnified it. I'm not saying that drinking is a sin, I'm just saying it just escalates it and makes it worse. And <clears throat> so really, the issue though is it's an issue of the heart. There's something down in the heart that needs to be transformed. And how are we transformed? By the washing of the water of the word. We read the word of God and it transforms our heart, right? It changes what's on the inside. And so I was reading, I read this quote by Mark Twain. He said this, he said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anyone on which it is poured. That's a powerful statement in that really, it, yes, it hurts people because you're shooting arrows at random and you're hurting individuals, but really the person it's hurting more than anyone is you. And so anyway, so I, what I discovered was the more I yielded to it, to it, the worse it got. I'd feel it rising up, you know, and feel it swelling, feel that pressure cook. And so I wanted to be able, I wanted to not let it go the full distance. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, what's the root cause? And this is where he took me. Let's go back to that scripture if you're there in Galatians 6. This is where he took me. 
we're going to help some people this morning. Because I'm not proud to stand up in front of you and, and tell that to you. I'm not at all. Um, however, I wouldn't be telling it to you if I didn't know that God could help you through it. Amen? So Galatians 6 was where he took me. And he took me to verse 7. But let's read it again now in the light of what we talked about. It says in verse 7, you will always harvest what you plant. You know, it's impossible to put one seed in the ground and expect something else to come up out of the ground. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? But yes, sometimes we allow, as Christians, seed to get into the, uh, the soil of our heart. Because the soil of your heart is amazing soil. It produces very well. I remember the first new home that we bought was in Austin, Texas, and we had this beautiful home that we had just bought. In the backyard, there was no grass. They, saw, they put sod in the front, and, but there was nothing in the backyard. So the backyard, and it wasn't very big. I mean, I could have probably mowed it with a weed eater. That was about how big our backyard was. But, but there was no grass back there. And so I thought, okay, so we need to plan on buying sod and sod in the background, backyard or seeding the backyard. Well, what happened was, because it was fertile soil and there was nothing out there, guess what popped up? Weeds. And I'm not talking little weeds. I mean, I'm talking tree-sized trunk weeds that were taller than me. Why? Because it's fertile soil. So your heart is the same way. Your heart is very fertile soil. And so anything that can get in through the pathways to your heart can be your eyes, can be your ears, you know, and any of those doorways, any of those gateways, I was just watching a video this morning because after God dropped this message in my heart, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I got on YouTube and I was watching the temple and, and, and I was looking, they were showing the gate. They were doing a documentary on the gate that Jesus is going to come through. Come on, man. And they have filled it with concrete and blocks because they're trying to stop Jesus. Are you serious? You're going to stop Jesus. The man who walks through walls. Yeah. Good luck stopping him. So what you, you will always harvest what, it, what you plant, it says in verse 7. And then verse 8, it says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So what I did was I began to take inventory on what I was allowing in my eyes and ears. And, and really, you know, it was something that I hadn't thought about very much because everything seems okay on the surface. But when you begin to go deeper and begin to, to realize that there's something in my heart, there's something that has taken root that's producing in my life what I don't want to see. Because I, I don't want to be a mean guy. I want to be a happy guy. Happy around my wife, you know, happy wife, happy life. I'm happy Phil, happy life. I mean, at all, you know what I mean? And so I began to look and what, and so I couldn't, really see it because you know how you can see other people's lives real well. You know, we're really good at giving advice to other people because we can see what's going I can see what's going on in your life, man. Here's what you need to do. Right. But our own life, we're like, what, what, you know, what do you mean? And so I, I had to ask the Holy spirit, Holy spirit, help me, please tell me what in the world I'm watching. And he said, well, what kind of movies do you like? 
Now, I'm not talking to you. I'm not preaching against movies before you get up and leave, okay? But what I'm doing is I'm just sharing with you what the Holy Spirit said to me. This is all, okay? He's, he said, what kind of movies do you like? And I said, well, I like action-adventure movies. You know, I'm not much into the chick flicks. Sorry. You know, I watch them. Think, yeah, I get an amen from a guy. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, like my daughter, we, she wanted me to sit down and watch Father of the Bride. And, and I told her, I said, now that you're engaged, I will not watch that movie with you. Uh-uh. I'm not going to be a soggy mess <laughs> by the time, you know, I'm going to lose a gallon of tears. But anyway, um, but I said, oh, I said action and adventure. And I started thinking about that category. You know, that's a real nice category that Hollywood gives some pretty raunchy films. And he said, okay, go a step farther. Really, what, what do you like? And I said, well, I like, I like the fighting films, you know. And I began to take inventory, and I began to look at these films and see, in order to get this rating, what they had to have in them to get a, a particular rating. And then I began to look at these fighting films and how many people died in that film I just watched. And I watched it happen. And it really began to convict my heart. And so the Holy Spirit said, I recommend a test. Okay, well, what kind of test do you recommend? And he said, why don't you take a break from action adventure films for a season? And tell me how your, how, what your happiness looks like. I, and I said, okay. And I, I was so desperate that I wanted to see a change in my life that I... Let me tell you, I mean, sometimes when you feed on the wrong stuff, and especially now we have the ability to binge watch it. Wow. That's like double seeds being sown. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? And I don't know about you. I would much rather deal with an acorn than an oak tree. We had, we had a couple of, in our first home, we had a couple of oak trees in the front yard, and they were about 30 feet tall. They were huge. And I, cause I got up in them and I had to trim them up cause they were all, you know, falling down when we moved in. And so I got in there and then by the time I trimmed all the limbs up, Nicole had to throw a rope up to me so I could get down. I was too high anyway. But when we bought our new home in Austin, I was telling you about, they planted in our little tiny front yard that I could mow with a weed eater. They planted two oak trees. I said, this is a terrible idea. Who came up with this idea? Oak trees, you know? And so I wanted to pull at least one of them out. One of them was okay because I felt like it had enough space to, to grow. Because, you know, those, man, those roots go all different directions. And they'll pop up your, anyway, never mind. Sorry, too much information. But anyway, uh, and so I, this one that I wanted to take out, it was only, let me see, probably a couple feet taller than I'm holding my hand right now the very top of it. So it wasn't very big. So I thought, oh, I can dig this out. Oh, are you serious? A whole day with my neighbor and a friend and we were digging it out and finally we, we, we hooked a chain to my car and I had to pull it out with my car because it it's an oak tree. Well, I would a little bit rather deal with an acorn. Wouldn't, how many of you? Wouldn't have been, oh, it would have been so nice to just pick up an acorn and go, no, I want it in my yard, you know, kind of deal. So. I'm bringing this up because that's what happens when things come in and they get planted in our hearts is they take root and they can be pulled out. 
Because Jesus has an engine hoist. Have you ever seen him take those out, the tree, tree stumps? We took out, when we moved into our house where we're at now, we took out, how many tree stumps did we take out? Zach, maybe, I don't know. There was a bunch, 15 maybe. I mean, it was a lot. And so we hired this guy and it was so interesting to watch him bring that engine hoist in and he would hook on and wrap the chain around. He would dig just enough room to get it around that root and then with the engine hoist, he would hoist it up out of there. And when it came up out, it was ugly. I mean, just sprouts going every different direction. So I did the test. And this was the scripture that God gave me for the test in Matthew chapter five, verse 29. And it says this, it says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is much, it is more profitable for you, for one of your members to perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And then if you jump further a chapter later in Matthew chapter six in verse 22, it says the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, and there's, there's a little reference in there and it gives a further definition. If your eye is clear, if your eye is healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad or evil or unhealthy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so the thing that really stood out to me was the deception that comes when you don't realize what's taking root and what's getting down in your heart. And so anyway, so I did the test and I did it and I don't know how long I did it, but I I, I stopped watching these movies. And for me, again, I'm just talking about my, my situation. For me, what happened was no more anger. It was like, Oh, and by the way, I, I, was just, I was still studying the Word. I was studying the Word when I was watching these movies, but I had no idea that spirit that was attaching itself that was getting in me and that was creating that explosive attitude, this explosive anger that would come up out of me. And, and when I stopped doing that and when I started just focusing on the Word and I paused the movies, it was amazing how suddenly anger wasn't an issue. I'm real tempted to amen myself right there, but I'm gonna gonna resist the temptation. So, you know, love is the barometer for change. How do you know that you've changed? The first two things that the Bible says that love is, is love is patient, love is kind. And I know if I'm walking in these two things, if I'm walking in patience, if I'm walking in kindness, I'm walking in love toward people. And uh, there was a season soon after I did this test and God started working in my life and, and we, Nicole and I pulled into a mall parking lot and it was kind of busy and I tried to honk my horn, but there was a thing going on with one of my sensors and my horn wouldn't honk. And so I couldn't honk my horn. I felt helpless. If you ever, you know, can't talk to somebody anyway. And so I finally got parked and I looked at my wife and I said, you know, 
that just helped me come off as a, as a not really nice guy because my horn doesn't work. <laughs> People just think I'm a nice guy. I couldn't not. Okay. So uh, anyway, that, sorry. I don't know why I brought that up. Anyway, it makes me look like a nice guy. James, let me read a couple scriptures to you. James chapter one, verse 20 says this. It says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In Ephesians 4, verse 26, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. How many of you remember a woman by the name of Phyllis Diller? Remember her way back in the day? Some of you that watched TV back in the 70s. Um, She said this. She said, never go to bed mad. Stay up and fight. (laughs) Yeah, never go to bed mad. No, but God... But this is, so, this is so important because when we hold on to stuff, that puts it in the pressure cooker. But when we go and we apologize, when we go and let people know, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. It, it's humbling, but what it does is it clears the atmosphere. You guys haven't known it, but there's been Sundays uh, that we've come in here you know, and getting ready for service and I realize that I'm harboring something or something that's bothering me and the Holy Spirit is telling me to text that person and ask them to forgive you or call them and ask them to forgive. That's better, is to call. And I've, I've even called people or I've gone to people because maybe they were here and I said, you know what, the way I, the way I responded last night, I want to apologize for that. Why? Because I want to keep my heart clear. I don't want anything preventing God from being able to come in here and minister to all of us. Right? In James chapter 1 verse 19, I'm going to ask Rebecca to come on up. James chapter 1 verse 19, these are the qualities needed when you walk through trials. It says this, it says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You know what, if you get the first two right, if you'll be slow, if you'll be slow or swift to hear, slow to speak, then you'll definitely be slow to get angry. Sometimes people say things and, and and your first inclination is take it the wrong way. But sometimes if you'll stop and you'll just think about it for a minute and check your heart, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you they didn't mean it that way. Or I know them better than that. That's not their heart. You know, sometimes I, I watched my pastor, uh, Billy Joe Doherty in Tulsa when I was growing up there. Um, I watched him completely ignore things that people said that were hurtful, that were manipulative. And, and, and then I would watch him give them a compliment. And I just went, Thank you, Jesus. Why? We want to keep our heart free. We don't want anything coming in and taking root that's not the word of God. That's not what God says about us and not how he feels about us. And maybe that's you. Maybe you were like I was. And that's been a part of your identity and you haven't wanted it to be. And it's been an issue. And I'm okay with it being quiet in here because I know everybody is digesting this going, wow. Yeah. Because 
God brought this for a reason this morning. This wasn't Phil's plan. My plan, I wanted to like tell a few jokes and make it light and happy. I'm joking. I want to bring what God brings, wants me to bring. I want to read the last scripture to you and then we'll, we'll wrap up on that. <clears throat> Proverbs 19:11. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. Wow. It's to his glory to overlook offense. That means offense is going to come. That means you're going to have opportunities to be offended. But it's to your glory to overlook it. One time, uh, this guy said something really mean to a leader of mine. And somebody else told him about it, and I happened to be there. And the leader was so determined to overlook the offense that he goes, no, they wouldn't have said that. And he refused to believe it. What's he doing? He's keeping them in the light of forgiveness. Overlooking an offense. Man, Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you. Don't let anger conquer you. But conquer evil or anger by doing good. What's doing good? Walking free. What's doing good? It's never letting sin against you produce sin in you. Mike Tyson said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And when you get punched in the face, it's like, oh, throw the gloves off. It's on. But we were not designed to fight the same way. See, you have in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, all the pieces, right? And, but what do you have? You have the shield of faith. There's such a big emphasis on the shield of faith. What does the shield of faith do? Is it stops the fiery darts of the evil one. It stops the fiery darts of offense that come your way, that are personal, that hurt, that don't feel good. Well, if you meditate on it and you just think about it and you allow it to fester, that thing is gonna fester and it's gonna get worse and worse and worse and you'll be putting it in a pressure cooker to come out later. You can even can it and open it up later, those of you that are canners. And I know, I know what it did to me. I know what that attitude did to me and the relationships that it hurt, the people that it hurt. And that wasn't God's will for me. It's not God's will for you either. And I don't know, I don't know who's in here. I don't know if you're the person that's like I was, that's the explosive personality. <laughs> Or if, you're, if you've been the recipient of it and you've let it hurt you instead of letting go of the offense and walking in the glory of forgiveness. 
So would you bow your heads all around the room? I don't want to point anybody out. <clears throat> In fact, Chris, go ahead and dim the lights a little bit. <clears throat> Thank you, God. If that's you and you say, Phil, and with heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Come on, this is personal. This is private between each person and God. If that's you and you say, Phil, that's me. And you've dealt with anger. You've been going around the mountain, going around the mountain and the pressure cooker is released and the pressure cooker's released and the pressure's released and you're like, I'm so done with going around the mountain. If that's you and you want to get free, would you raise your hand all around the room? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, 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 wow. You can put your hands down. God sees you. He's the one that I wanted you to see. I wanted to see your heart. I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you know of some, some people. I know guys deal with this. And, and there's guys that weren't able to be here today maybe dealing with the same thing. And I want to I encourage you to ask them to listen to this message. There's a reason that God dropped it in my heart. And I'm not trying to get hits on it. I'm just trying to help people. That's all I'm trying to do. But those of you that raise your hands, I, I want to pray a prayer. And I'd like us all to pray together in this prayer. Would you pray out loud with me? Just repeat after me. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you love me so much that you helped me. That you sent the Holy Spirit to be my helper. And I receive help this morning. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me of anger. Lord, I thank you that you have given me the ability to overcome anger. Lord, that it would have no place in my life. That I could walk free. So I thank you for revealing to me what needs to happen. So I ask you to forgive me. Create a clean heart in me, oh God and renew a right spirit within me. And I will walk in peace, in love, in joy. Thank you, God. Now just thank him right where you're at. Just thank him. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful. Lord, that you have answers for every issue. Lord, that you have just brought an awesome solution to every person. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Someone might say, well, I have a right to be angry. No, not if you're saved. Not if you made Jesus the Lord of your life because you surrendered your rights at the cross. You and I surrendered our rights at the cross. We don't have the right to explode on people. 
not if we're surrendered. And here's the cool thing, is all you have to do to get free is to surrender to Him. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been watching, feeding on the wrong things. Maybe, maybe it's not just movies. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's something else that's triggering it. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you, but you have to be willing to ask, and then you have to be willing to act to stop it in your life. I did. Don't see me exploding, do you? Why? Because God has put love in my heart for people. I'm not saying I don't have bad days, and I'm not saying I can't cop an attitude once in a while. But I ask forgiveness real super quick. I'm very quick at asking forgiveness and repenting. Not just asking, saying I'm sorry, but repenting. Getting back on track. Well, how many of you got something out of this this morning? Wow. Man, let's give God thanks and praise. Thank you, God. God, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you and praise you for this word, Lord. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Lord. It, it obviously needed to come out because there was something that you wanted to accomplish and we're so grateful for you. So thankful.